forgiving others too. And um, we don't want God's forgiveness to get cut off from us because I have found that I need it. You know, fairly consistently. Listen to this verse. Jesus is speaking. It's in Matthew 6. It says, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Wow. That's a pretty significant verse and that's why I say we can reach the limits of God's forgiveness. But that's not His desire. That's not His desire. We're going to look today on how important forgiveness is. And uh, it's not it's not easy to forgive sometimes. It's not easy to forgive others. But it is absolutely necessary. And we're just going to look at lots of scriptures today because I could get in so much trouble with what I'm saying that I'm going to back it up with tons of scriptures, okay? So if you're going to get mad at anybody, get mad at God. (laughs) Father, we just thank you for your word today. Lord, it is so your desire to set people free. You You want people to be free. And even this word today, which I kind of started off kind of seriously, the, the goal is that you want people to be free. And so I pray, Father, that this message as it's shared and as your Holy Spirit takes your word, that there will be, uh, there will be a work that happens where it needs to happen. And it will result in liberty. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 <clears throat> Okay, well we're going to be in Matthew chapter 18 and most of it I'll have up on the slides if we could have the first one up there and get started. Hopefully it works. The internet broke down here yesterday and I was trying to do it at our old home computer and so, oh this is taking time. That's, oh, I had a glimmer of hope. <laughs> Okay, I will get started here. They'll figure it out, but we'll go to the first slide by the grace of God. The first point, Matthew chapter 18. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, we'll see how this all works. But Matthew chapter 18, starting with verse 21. And it says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Now, Peter thought he was being pretty generous. From the study that I did, the the rabbinical teaching at the time was to forgive up to three times. And man, Peter doubled it. And added one. Seven. He thought he was doing pretty good. And there's something else in that verse. Lord... How many times shall I forgive my brother? So I ask myself, is forgiveness just for other Christians? Or are we supposed to forgive everybody? So I wanted to look at some other scriptures. I want to stay scriptural here. Jesus, uh, Sermon on the Mount, Sermon on the Mount, excuse me, Matthew chapter 6, verse 14, he said these words. For if you forgive men, just in general, people, 
If you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men, in general, anybody, their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Wow. And let's go to Matthew chapter 5. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That was the saying at the time. Love your neighbor, but you can hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. God blesses people that aren't serving him at all. He does. So, don't keep track of offenses. Let's let's get back to our text because Jesus responded to that in uh, Matthew 18 is our main where we're at most of the time today. Matthew 18, 22. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times. Peter, it's not seven times that you forgive somebody. But 77 times. Or others also translate that same thing 70 times seven. And he wasn't saying keep a meticulous count until you reach that number. Alright? Let's not be, uh, you know, a bunch of accountants here when it comes to forgiveness. It's more like a blank check. Just keep forgiving. Now, that doesn't mean the person has to stay in a dangerous, abusive situation. You know what I'm saying? You can get out of that. I'm not... But you still need to keep forgiving. But you don't have to stay in a situation that is, you know, very, very unhealthy to stay in. Alright? And I'm not going to give details on that. That's, but I'm just simply saying forgiveness and getting out of something that could be dangerous. Or you can forgive but still get out. Alright? Making that clear. I'm not saying no matter what's happening in your life, no matter what, you just have to keep taking the abuse. No. But you do have to keep forgiving. So... Let's not keep track of the offenses. Is anybody here good at keeping track of offenses? (laughs) Well, the second point is this. We need to remember how much we've been forgiven. Okay, because that helps in the situation. We need to remember. And, and Jesus is going to start telling this story that's going to help us to understand these things. And he starts off by talking about the kingdom of heaven. So it says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king, and it goes on with the story. People have lots of different ideas of their own on why they should or shouldn't forgive and who they should or shouldn't forgive. People have all kinds of opinions on that. But we're going to look at one person's opinion. God's. And we're going to see how this is supposed to work in His kingdom. Okay? Because Jesus said, Therefore the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, is like... Then we're going to learn about what forgiveness in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is like. 
It's like a man who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. Now, he wants to settle accounts with everybody in his kingdom. In the kingdom of God, apart from this story, just the kingdom of God right now, there is a day when God is going to settle accounts with everybody. You know? That can be a joyous day. That can be a terrifying day. But there is a day. I just want to share some scriptures that talk about this because it's, it's very clear. It's very clear that there is a day of accounting. Hebrews 9, 27, 28. Just as a man is destined to die once and after that to face what? Judgment. Everybody dies once. If you embrace reincarnation, I'm sorry, but that totally disagrees with scripture. You die once, physically, and then there is judgment. And it's not amongst our peers. It's God who has seen everything. Even what happened in our heads. Even what happens in our hearts. Those other people can't see. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. See, there's a way. There's a way out of the judgment of God. But we all stand before the Lord one day. He will appear a second time not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for Him. Revelation 20. Let's look at this one. The Apostle John... He's in the spirit. God is showing him things on the end. What the last few years on earth are going to be like. The revelation of Jesus Christ in his return. And he said, I saw the dead, great and small. I mean, there were famous people and people nobody even hardly ever heard of. Great and small. They were all gathered. And they were standing before the throne. And books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Do you realize everything is being recorded? I'm so thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, alright? I'm so thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ. Well, anyway, there, there is a day of accounting. Now, <clears throat> back to this story. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And this servant owed a huge debt. Huge. Let's just take a look at it. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Now, talent is not something we typically, you know, it's not a monetary value we use today, but the commentators that I looked at estimated that they're talking about, didn't all agree, but anywhere from 12 million to a billion dollars. Millions. He owed millions of dollars to the king. <clears throat> that's, that's a lot. Wow. And he was totally unable to pay it. He could not pay this debt. Couldn't possibly do it. Well, let's go on. The next verse says this. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I'll pay back everything. Could he really do that? No, he couldn't. He couldn't pay that. He couldn't pay back that debt. There's no way that he could. Millions, multiplied millions of dollars. Jesus used that number in a story to show that it was just unfathomable that this guy would ever be able to repay his debt. So he's begging for mercy. And the king 
gives him even more than he had been begging for. He doesn't give him more time to repay the debt. The king, in his mercy and compassion, cancels the debt. Anybody experience that in here today? The Lord canceled my debt. I could never pay it back. The debt of sin that had been piled up, man, it spoke, it just screamed out against me. Guilty, 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 guilty. And the Lord canceled it. That's awesome. Now he and his family, they were destined to slavery. They were destined to slavery. But the pity of the Lord. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. You're free. Debt's gone. You're free. You're free in my kingdom. Ah, oh, I love that. That should put a smile on your face when you think about it, you know? Your debt can be completely canceled and you can be set free by the king to walk in his kingdom. It's awesome. It's awesome. I want to read a passage here. It's not on the screen, but Ephesians chapter 2. Love this passage. Paul the Apostle writing to the Christians at Ephesus. And uh, it says this, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. You were spiritually dead. You were separated from God. You were under his judgment because of all of your sin. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Let me tell you, that spirit is still working. <laughs> okay, Those who are completely disobedient to God, that spirit of the world is working in them. And they're, they're dead spiritually. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature, and following its desires, that sinful nature, following its desires and thoughts, like the rest, like everybody else, we were by nature objects of wrath. Whose wrath is it talking about? God's. As a judge. God's wrath. Everybody was just under God's wrath. But the next verse says this. But because of his great love for us, it's talking about God. Because of God's great love for us. God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ. We were spiritually dead, separated from Christ, condemned by our sins under the judgment of God. And God sends His Son to take our place. To take our sins. To take our judgment. He became the sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. And he died under the judgment of God for our sins. But then God, as the song says today, God raised him up. And now, we could also be raised to a new life, forgiven, and walking with God through faith in Jesus and what he did. I tell you what, it's, it's awesome. Can't think of a better plan. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive spiritually with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace, the favor of God, that you have been saved. Alright, so we've been talking about <clears throat> forgiveness here. My first point was, don't keep track of past offenses. Alright? 
Because if you do, it kind of sounds like God can. Or at least the forgiveness is cut off. The second point was this. Remember how much you were forgiven. And will be forgiven. (laughs) Okay? Hopefully as we grow in Christ, we need less forgiveness, but we still need it. (laughs) This third point, and this is one I really want to just kind of camp on this one, because it's got, wow, it just shows the teeth that unforgiveness has. It's got teeth, and it chews people up. The third point is simply this. Refusing to forgive leads to torment. Refusing to forgive leads to torment. See, the forgiven servant refused to have mercy on another servant. The forgiven one refused to have mercy on another fellow servant. Let's go to this story, Matthew 18, verse 28. But when that servant, the one that had been forgiven, went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. A denarii was basically a day's wages. So it's like a hundred days wages. Millions compared to a hundred days wages. Big difference. He grabbed him and began to choke him. That's kind of serious. I'm glad that nobody I've ever owed money to started choking me. I'm really thankful. Miss a mortgage payment. They show up at your house. (laughs) Some people might miss less mortgage payments, but in... Still not the right way. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me and I'll pay you back. Have we heard those words before? Who said them before? That first servant. Very same words. And now he's hearing the very same words that he had spoken to the king. But the response is so different. But he refused. He refused to forgive the debt. Now this is where I really want us to get this. The Lord put it on my heart. I mean, it's one thing to struggle with with forgiving somebody because sometimes it can be a little process. You know, I understand that. Some offenses, you know, are kind of minor. Some are gigantic. Some are gigantic. God understands. He works with our hearts and we can work through this. But in this instance, we have someone who had set up their mind and said, I refuse to forgive. And uh, that didn't leave any room. You know, that is, when we refuse to forgive, that doesn't leave any room for God to do stuff. He, but he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. Wow. The forgiven servant might have said some things that maybe some of us have said at some time. I'm not forgiving you again. I will never forgive you. I'll make you pay dearly for what you've done. Maybe those were some of the words that the forgiven servant told the other servant. Maybe those are some words some of us have said sometime or thought. Well, the king found out. And uh, we have 
an example of first century whistleblowers. Okay, they've been around for a long time. There's a whistleblower in this story. Let's read it. Verse 31. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and told their master everything that had happened. And then the king brings the man back. Let's look at that. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? You know, it's so important for us to never forget how much we've been forgiven in Christ. Because then that enables us to forgive others. We need to just don't ever lose sight of that. Did you deserve the forgiveness of God when you asked for it? Did you do anything to like earn it in any way? No. It was just all the grace of God. It was completely God's grace in His favor that we are forgiven. We don't want to ever forget that. Because that will help us in this life. So... Excuse me. Then the master called him in and he said, Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? You know what? It looks to me like the king was expecting the forgiven servant to start acting like the king. In this story, the king had this expectation that when he had forgiven this huge, huge, gigantic debt, he was expecting the forgiven servant to start acting like him. Is that scriptural? (laughs) See, God is in this process of helping us to become more like him. And that process lasts at least 10, 15 years. Okay. Or longer. <laughs> okay, it can be a long process. But it's an awesome process. But when we refuse, no. Wow. What can God do then? In this instance, they get turned over to the tormentors. Okay, let's take a look at that. You know, Jesus, he wants us as his followers just to imitate him. You know, become more and more like him. And it's a process. But it's a good process. Well, Matthew 18 verse 34, it says the following. In his anger, his master turned him, the forgiven servant, over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. Now, there was no way he could pay back all that he owed. You know what I'm saying? That there wasn't a way out that way. He was not going to be able to pay it back. And what do we see about this? When the, when the servant refused to forgive the other servant's debt, what was the end result? He was no longer free. He was no longer free. And actually, he was in bondage. 
When we refuse to forgive, we lose our freedom. We do. And then it says, he was tortured by the jailer. Okay, that's kind of kind of yucky sounding, all right? Tortured by the jailer. When we refuse to forgive, and I'm doing my best to look at the scripture and try to glean what I can from it, okay? So, I'm just the understanding that I have, I'm trying to, you know, to share today. Do I have full complete understanding? I'm sure I don't. But I'll go with what I'll try to be faithful with what I have, okay? When you and I refuse to forgive, Satan becomes our jailer. And he will torture us. He will torment us. He will keep bringing back the offense. He will keep reminding you of the offense. The offense. He'll just keep that thing in front of you. And in, the, in this process of being shackled to this thing, we become bitter. Bitter. We start getting shackled by anger. And the thought, anger rises up. When we think about that situation, that scenario. So we try not to think about it. But it'll come and see somebody and it reminds me of it. And it rises up again. Then we become critical. And it's no longer just against that person. Now we're just starting to become critical. Hard. And we get imprisoned by our own self-righteousness. How could they have ever done that to me? And we get we become self-righteous or self-pity. We can be imprisoned by either one, but they're still a prison. Whether it's self-righteousness or self-pity. Don't you want to avoid all of that? You really do. And Jesus wraps the whole story up in this next verse and says, basically, this is how you can avoid that whole mess. Verse, verse 35. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Well, God doesn't understand this huge thing that happened. No, He understands. He understands. Does God expect it to be easy? No, doesn't expect it to be easy at all. But He expects us to keep going to Him and getting grace and help to forgive. You'll either live in freedom or you will live in bondage. Forgiveness brings freedom. Unforgiveness brings bondage. And it's a sad thing when you see people who've been in bondage for years. Years. Obviously you're talking about non-Christians. No, not necessarily. (laughs) Not necessarily. We need to learn from these things Jesus is showing us. He's like the best storyteller ever, but the meaning behind it is awesome. He's telling us a principle in the kingdom of God. He's basically saying, keep forgiving. Keep forgiving. Well, up to seven times? No, keep forgiving. Keep forgiving. Well, why should I? 
because you've been forgiven so much and God's not keeping track. He's not keeping track. Well, what's another reason? If you don't, you end up, you end up under the care of the jailer instead of your father. And the jailer's not nice. And he will torment you. And instead of walking in the freedom that Christ says, I've come that you'd be free. You end up being bound. Let me tell you, unforgiveness will bind you. Unforgiveness will steal from you. Unforgiveness will cripple you. Unforgiveness will make you a person you don't want to be. And everybody clapped and shouted as the pastor spoke. <laughs> no, I, I realize this is... But, but it's such a serious thing. It's a serious thing. And I, as I was preparing this... It was just one day this week. Lori and I were talking and it's like the Lord said, that, that's the message. You're gonna, I wouldn't forgive her. And the Lord said, no, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. Okay. We were talking. And it's just like he said, you're going to speak on this. And then later on, it's just like he said, I want to do a deep work. This is not a shallow message. I want to do a deep thing. There's some people that need me to do something deep in this area. But it's not so much in God's hands as it is in our hands on how deep this thing will let God in. So, I have some more notes. I don't remember what they were. Oh, yeah. Ephesians chapter 4. Look at this. Writing to the church in Ephesus, to the Christians there. Get rid of all bitterness. What does bitterness come from? People do things, you hold it in, you don't forgive them. Bitterness comes. Get rid of all bitterness. Rage. You don't, you don't have rage at people that are really nice to you. You have rage at people that do stuff you don't like. Anger. Brawling and slander. Along with every form of malice. Look at this next sentence. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. How do you get rid of all that stuff? You forgive each other. How do you get rid of bitterness? You forgive each other. How do you get rid of this anger? Forgive each other. Well, how? Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Did you earn God's forgiveness? <clears throat> okay, there's some people that maybe were ticked off at. They may never earn a reason to be forgiven. But what are we still supposed to do? Forgive. Because that's how God forgave us in Christ. We never earned it. The only reason we ever received it was God simply chose to freely give it. The grace is awesome. You know what? We like grace. But now God says, I want you to give grace to others. No. I just want my grace. No. Give it to others. Well, God, you don't know what they're like. Oh, I think he probably does. And he probably knows more what you and I are like than we do, okay, in all honesty. <clears throat> Let's look at another verse just to add a little more conviction. Colossians 3. Chapter, chapter 3, verse 13. Bear with each other. Do you know what bear means? 
No, it doesn't mean R. No. <laughs> Bear means put up with. It means put up with one another. That'll keep you from going to church, to church, to church, to church. You know? Just start putting up with the church you're at and it'll, you'll stay there a long time. Just put up with them. Bear with each other. Forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now this is not a hurrah message, but, it, but it's an important one. You may have never had a problem with forgiving people. That's awesome. Keep it that way. I, there was an individual I knew that would always forgive, always forgive, always forgive. Just very forgiving. And then there was a situation that just kept going on and on and on. And this other person was nasty. Was a Christian, but was a nasty Christian. <laughs> just nasty. <laughs> and the name... No, I'm not going <laughs> to... But it was just nasty. <laughs> Persistently nasty. Undermining. Wanted a place of authority. Trying to get it from somebody else by doing all kinds of nasty stuff. Things like that do happen. Not in this church. Not with this staff. But, but anyway, that person one day decided, I am done forgiving. And then for a long, long, long time, struggled with unforgiveness. Just giving in that one day, it like opened up the door. Now with Jesus, there's freedom. We can get set free. But we can't refuse to forgive and be free. So let's just look at the points here again. So, doesn't Jesus tell the best stories? I mean, there's like so much in these stories. We must forgive. We must forgive. Don't keep track of past offenses. When the devil says, do you remember? You just... Don't go there. Don't, don't. Uh, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 where it talks about love, one of the definitions of love is that it keeps no records of wrongs. That's a definition of love. It doesn't, it's, it doesn't keep the record. Now it takes the grace of God in some situations. But that's what love is. Don't keep track of past offenses. Remember how much you were forgiven. And let me tell you, enjoy your forgiveness. Enjoy your forgiveness. Christians, we should enjoy our forgiveness. You know what I'm saying? Well, I made a mistake. Okay, then ask God for forgiveness and then receive it. The Lord really spoke to me. You know, I mean, I know... We create our own purgatories sometimes. We're crazy sometimes. The things that we do. It's like, I did something wrong, so I'm going to punish myself for a certain period of time, and then when I feel like I've done it long enough, I'll ask God to forgive me. Is that scriptural at all? No, that's not scriptural. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. One of the things I learned along the way growing in the Lord is when I messed up, it's like, okay, God, forgive me. And then I received the forgiveness. Alright, I didn't keep punishing myself. I wanted to learn from my mistake, but I received the forgiveness and I didn't wait a week or two or three or four before I could have joy again. Just start rejoicing. Alright, learn from it. It's not an excuse to do things wrong, but learn from it. Enjoy your, your forgiveness. Remember how much you were forgiven. 
But remember, refusing to forgive leads to torment. It leads to torment. I'm going to have the worship team come on up at this time. And um, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we care about one another. We care. And we want, when we gather together at a church, we want it to be a very safe place for people to be able to respond to messages that can maybe get very personal. I don't want anybody to ever be self-conscious and stay in a chair when they know that the Lord is saying, I want you to come and meet with me and take care of this today. Well, Pastor, couldn't we just take care of it in our chair? Yeah, but there's something about that getting up and taking that step. It's like you're really making a decision. So, today is an altar call day. I don't always do that, but today is an altar call day. And if you're struggling with forgiving... my prayer that you will release that to God today. Release the refusing to forgive. Release that. Now you may still struggle with forgiving but as long as you're open to the grace of God helping you and continuing to forgive, He'll work you through it. It's just when you've made that decision, I'm done, I'm not forgiven, I'm not going to forgive anymore. You get turned over to the tormentors you've paid in full. Till you've paid in full. So, I want us just to be real. As a pastor, when I give a message, I can repent like the day before. So I'm, I'm like set for Sunday. Because <laughs> I'm taking care of <laughs> Today is your day. <laughs> Today is your day. Let's stand together. Let's stand together. We're going to finish the service worshiping